or listen on your smart speaker. In this whirlwind time that we live in these days with work, family, traffic, all of the everyday pressures and challenges, it's nice to know there's a special place to escape to in Mokina, Illinois. Seneca Spa, 14277 South Wolf Road. Wouldn't a facial be just perfect this week? Any day is a perfect day for a massage. Aesthetica Spa specializes in nail and hair removal services as well. You deserve to escape to Aesthetica Spa, and here's how to do it. Call them at 708-995-7076 or go to Aesthetica Spa, 187th and Wolf Road in Mokina. Today's show is sponsored by Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that is 100% voluntarily run. The mission of SOAR is to get people with disabilities outdoors by providing accessible and adaptive recreational equipment for fishing, camping, cycling, hunting, water sports, all-terrain, wheelchair riding, and more. Support SOAR by donating your change through the Roundup app. Roundup app allows you to take the rounded up spare change from everyday transactions and donate it to your favorite nonprofit. You must type in Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation, then select it. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon. Welcome today to the Brian P. Swift all Things Inspirational Show. Yes, this is the Quad Father. It is Wednesday, hump day, which is always good. We will, as usual, start with a quote. A person without vision for their future will always return to their past. That's why you, that's the quote. That's why you've got to be present. That's why you've got to have a plan. That's why you have to have vision for your future, or you will never, ever grow and mature. That being said, I'm going to get on to a little news. If you're ordering tickets to the Joliet Slammers baseball games and they put on a great show, please put in the code word SOAR, S-O-A-R, and a proceeds, part of the proceeds will get donated to a 501c3 nonprofit that helps people with disabilities get back outdoors. They purchase a lot of equipment, hand cycles, therapeutic trikes, uh, outdoor wheelchairs, a lot of exercise equipment, and they do a lot of supporting from from the mental end of trying to get people with disabilities to get back out and start thriving again. So again, uh, if you're going to the Slammers or your office is looking at an event, uh, use code word SOAR. Uh, continuing with business kind of news, uh, if you're looking for something to do Thursdays or over the weekends, um, CD and Me has an array of amazing events, concerts, wine tastings, uh, comedians. So check them out, please. Uh, they are a sponsor of ours, and uh, they have an amazing venue. And we'll continue along that line. You know, our, our way of running businesses and, and the growth of entrepreneurship has definitely changed. Uh, years ago, I used to make tons of phone calls and door swings, as they used to call it, you know, stop in on businesses and work with them or see if they were interested and how we could help them. And nowadays, social media has really taken over. And just to give you an idea of how important social media is, it, 74% of the consumers nowadays rely on social media 
to guide their purchases. So whether, you know, that is through Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, um, if social media is out there to stay, it's not going anywhere. And it is something every business needs. Um, 43% of consumers are more likely to buy a new product when learning about it on social media. So, you know, for us older dogs, we do need to learn new tricks because social media is the future, whether we like it or not. I don't think some of the old ways are going to are, are going to go away totally, but social media uh, is the real deal. It's not only a big deal right now, but it's important uh, because it's going to grow at, at a staggering rate when you look at young people. Uh, not just I'm not talking teens; I'm talking twenties and thirties uh, year olds. It, is you look at their purchasing habits, uh, it's going to grow. So. If you're struggling out there, consider social media. It's not all expensive. There's a lot of ways to get on social media and do things yourself. If not, I know there's a lot of people that you can hire very reasonably. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. Um, I'm the old dog who looks and asks my kids for help and others for help. But it, it is out there. It is amazing the amount of people you can reach and the people that... Uh, understand it at an alarming level, way, way better than I do. So yesterday was an awesome day. I hope everybody got out. Yesterday was my first day of taking a long ride. So I did about three and a half miles in my wheelchair. For those of you that don't know and understand why I call myself the quad father, uh, for 40 years I've been uh, confined to a manual wheelchair. Uh, I have learned to thrive and have an amazing life uh, while being in the wheelchair, uh, getting hurt at the age of 17. Part of what I do uh, for not just me, myself physically, and you'll hear me talk about it quite a bit, is getting out, getting outdoors. You know, whether you want to call it grounding, whether you want to call it earthing, you know, being outdoors promotes healing uh, through the entire body. It helps eliminate pain and inflammation and definitely helps with stress. It improves your sleep. I guarantee you, uh, the three and a half miles I did yesterday uh, helped me sleep better and your mood. And in all honesty, throughout time, you know, humans spent more time close to Mother Nature, right? They they sat, they stood, they they strolled, they slept on the ground. Um, the skins of our bodies touched, uh, kind of, I'll say, the skin of the earth. So ordinary contact has served to transfer Earth's natural healing energy into the body. Unfortunately, our modern lifestyles have disconnected us with, with Mother Nature and this earthing and has made us more vulnerable to inflammation, pain, definitely stress, poor sleep, and, and, and sickness. So whether you want to call it earthing or, or uh, grounding, uh, it is not a new concept. It's basically reconnecting to the earth to restore a, a link to mother nature that revitalizes the body. It, it does reduce stress and pain. I, I can vouch for that 100%. Uh, it improves sleep and mood and hopefully appearance overall, but I love getting outdoors. You will see me outside if I'm working on my computer. I love exercising outdoors. And I'm telling you, get outdoors as often as you can. Uh, throw on a hoodie if it's a little chilly. But get outdoors and 
work, exercise. Do some of your, you know, fold your towels outdoors. Do things to get you outside around Mother Nature. So that would be awesome. Um, I would be remiss if I said we were going to talk about inspiration the entire show, but I have a guest that will be coming on um, for a, a brief time. You got to roll with problems, right? Uh, life's full of them, and we have to roll with them. So I had a call in guest to cancel, but you should always always have a plan B and hopefully a plan C. So I do have a guest today that we will talk to uh, briefly. And then I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about a serious topic out there, at least for a little bit. So that being said, I want to air our sponsors and and give them a shout out and a thank you for being part of the Quadfather All Things Inspirational Show. Thank you. We will be back after work. Then select it. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Welcome back to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. This is the Quadfather, Brian Swift, and I have a guest on here. Welcome, Callahan Cruz. How you doing? I'm doing well. And, and this isn't in light of what's transpired today, but um, I, I've been a football coach for 22 years and a basketball coach. I love being around young people and inspiring them. So uh, in light of that, I brought on a, a I don't want to call him a teenager because I believe you just turned 20, correct? Yeah, the beginning of the month. <laughs> All righty. Well, happy birthday. Welcome to the 20s and a little more adulthood. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So that being said, I think it's important, not just as a parent, but whether you're a leader, a coach, in any in any position, um, to understand and be inside kids' heads as much as you can in a good way. Times have changed, and and the way we grew up, uh, you know, us people in our fifties is, is definitely changed. Uh, what the kids today and young adults have access to and and what molds them is quite different i think in for for a lot of them so that's why i brought you on cal i want to kind of ask you what from a motivational standpoint you know in, in the year 2022 what motivates you or or kids you know in their teens ish years these days uh, you're surrounded by people you're you played football in high school. You were in other activities in high school. Uh, you have a, a, a wide circle of not just friends, but people you did things with. What motivates teens today? You know, I think it varies um, from person to person a lot. There are a lot of people that um, I've come to know that are mainly motivated by um, what the kind the, what the kind of things that they're doing can get them. Like if they were to post it on social media, if it's going to get them more followers or if it's going to give them an opportunity to be an influencer, which is like the big thing today. Um, I know a lot of people that are um, motivated by, say, like their grandparents. I have some friends who are third generation American and um, and a lot of them are like my grandparents when they came here, they they worked hard. They they did everything they could to get by and they 
achieved everything that they could for them and their families and gave their kids a great life who gave their kids a great life. And I, I know a few people who just want to live up to, to something like that. That's a pretty um, unique perspective, I would think, for young kids today. And I mean, it's an awesome perspective. Um, and it's great to hear that kids understand that the pride in, in, that, that came with people years ago and passing that pride on. Um, what motivates you? Um, I think that's a that's a little bit of a tough question for me because I'm I'm more of a I kind of go with the flow a little bit. I uh, I just like to do what I can and what I enjoy, and I guess the enjoyment of whatever I'm doing, I get out of it, is what motivates me to continue doing things. So you said you like to go with the flow. So are you easily influenced? Then? Um. I wouldn't say I'm easily influenced, but I'm definitely not a, like a take-charge leader type of person either. All right. Well, not everybody could be a, a, a take-charge leader, but it's good to have a mind of your own, and it's good to go with the flow, right? You, could, you, you know, ships need one captain or and a, you know, maybe a co-captain, and, and not everybody could be that. You, know, you get four guys that all want to lead. Um, sometimes you end up going in three different directions. So we need people that definitely go with the flow more importantly we need people like you that think and reason and just don't go with the flow but have a mind of their own so what are some of the things that you said you like to do things that kind of make you happy are is social media a big part of your life i know it is for a lot of kids um I wouldn't say it's a big part of my life. Um, every now and then I'll kind of just scroll through and just like things, but I won't actually like interact or watch them. Um, I post a little bit of my own stuff, not a lot and not to get like attention or anything, just because it's something that I made and I thought, why not just share it? Um, like, you know, I like to post like skateboarding progress. I recently started skateboarding, so I'll post that kind of stuff. Um, just to kind of be able to track where I was at what point in time. Um, every now and then I'll write a song and I'll put it on like TikTok or something like that. Or I'll just, you know, think of something stupid or goofy and put it on there just to see if I can make people laugh or whatever. Awesome. Awesome. So it sounds like you have quite a diverse set of interests, not relying on how many looks or likes or, or you know, clicks you get, how many people are following you. That doesn't drive you. No, but I would be lying if I didn't say that every time I posted something, I wasn't worried that, you know, it might get some negative attention or something like that. Um, but, yeah. And, and does negative attention bother you? It does to a point, um, just because, like, I'm a relatively insecure person myself about, like, the things that I do. Like, I don't really like being outside doing things when people are around, but I still do it. Um, so when I put something on the internet for anyone to see, and if someone doesn't like it, um, not that it like hurts me or like, you know, like throws me into oppression. It's just like, it's a little worrisome to think that there's someone out there that doesn't like what I'm doing, um, which is kind of weird to think about since, you know, I'm probably never going to see that person ever in real life. <laughs> that, that being said, there's two things that. I, I want to talk about based off of that. Um, you can't please everybody, right? No. And do words bother you? 
Not on the surface. Um, sometimes there are certain things that could be said that might cut me a little deeper, but I almost I try not to show it. Um, and if if I'm in the middle of something and someone says, "Hey, you look like an idiot while you're doing that," I'm gonna keep doing it because I don't want them to know that they're making me like feel bad or whatever. Because um, that's just something that I learned at a young age from you know getting made fun of. Like by you know my peers, just keep doing what you're doing, and eventually they'll just leave you alone. And, and ultimately, people that don't matter in your life really can't affect you much if you don't give them the power, right? I mean, if you if you if you stop doing what you were doing, you just gave them the power to stop you, right? Yeah. But you keep doing it because you take that power away from them by continually doing it. And ultimately, that negative effect, those words they say, doesn't change you. I mean, you don't get, it's not like you get bruised. It's not like you're bleeding from it. They're just words from people that really don't matter in your life. Yeah. Um, I remember one specific time when I was in middle school, um, we were doing basketball in gym. And when I was younger, I loved basketball. That was like, I wanted to be an NBA player and everything like that. And I remember they had three different hoops, one for beginners, one for like intermediates and one for people who knew what, like were better at basketball and they were all different heights. And you know, the, the higher one was 10 feet. And so I went to that hoop and a lot of the kids there, they were all on the basketball team and they were like, you don't belong here. Like go to one of the other hoops. And I just stayed there and kept playing with them. And eventually they just kind of accepted that like, I wasn't going to, leave and that like i'm i could still do a lot a lot more things than you guys can do i can take different types of layups than just putting it up there and i can shoot as well a little bit back then that's awesome and and that's what we need from more of our youth is that belief in yourself and that that commitment to uh understanding what what you want and and going after it instead of leaving because what you just described has gone on for hundreds of years. When I was a kid, it was the same thing. You know, I wasn't part of the in crowd. And during gym, if you went and, you know, to play softball or basketball, you know, if you weren't part of that crowd, you were kind of shunned upon. Yes, I was a chubby kid, but um, I could hang with pretty much anybody in the in crowd. It just not being in the in crowd. And that's part of life, but I think that's part of what, guys are like right you've got a group of friends you probably give each other a little bit of crap right yeah you, you get on each other you call each other names you give each other a hard time right yeah that's kind of that transition that's it's part of just being a young man i mean i, I don't look at i mean do you look at that as bullying no not at all but i think it it's different when you're doing it with you know friends that you've had since you were a kid than right. you know just people so let me ask, do you think social media has a downside or a negative effect? Oh, definitely. Of course. I know plenty of people throughout, you know, high school who went through serious depressions because of things that were going on on social media. Um, like, you know, someone would spread a rumor about them and, you know, as a kid, you think your life is over and, you know, some very bad things have happened to people that I've known um, because of things that have been spread on social media. And do you think, what do you think the answer is to that? 
It's, um, I, I don't know if there's really an answer to it because you can't really get rid of social media at this point. Like you said earlier, you know, it's here to stay. Um, and you know, you could put as many community guidelines and, and checks on everything, but that's not going to stop people from trying to tear other people down on it. But like I said, like we said earlier, unless you give people the power to affect you and tear you down, it's only words. I'm not saying it, it doesn't bother you inside, but you got torn down for going over to the 10-foot hoop, but you chose not to let give them the power. Don't you feel the same thing can apply on social media? People can say things and say things, but if you don't give them the power or just not like them or unfriend them, whatever... Uh, you know, whatever you do to to get them kind of out of the circle. You know, you can do all of that, but that's not going to change what they're posting about you reaches to other people. It's true. And the way that other people are going to view you or treat you after whatever they say you did or have done and how that's going to affect your life now. No, that's true. So ultimately, we can't control what happens around us to a big degree, Right. No. Whether it be on social media, whether it be personally. But what we can control is how mentally tough and how confident we are. So being more mentally resilient is something we all can learn. Yeah. That being said, why did you stay and not leave? Like what made you, I'll call that pretty resilient for a young teenager uh, in high school. That was a sign of being resilient. Why did you stay and what made you resilient enough to say to not to just not leave? Well, back then when I was still focused on wanting to play basketball, um, I didn't want to go to the other hoops because they were just lower hoops. I wanted to be somewhere where it was still a little challenging because I was like maybe like four foot nine back then. So it was still a little challenging for me, but I, I liked the challenge. I enjoyed it. And I didn't mind, you know, if I missed a shot and everyone was like, you don't belong here. I, you know, I just liked being there. I didn't really care what they were talking about at that point. Interesting. Is there something that gave you this attitude of resiliency? is a young person at that time i'm not honestly totally sure um i just wanted to prove them wrong i think that was probably the first time in my life where i had been rejected from something but i decided not to leave and it felt really good in that moment so uh, how was the support i mean you being a basket uh, wanting to play basketball and being short did you get support from friends, family uh, to pursue those things you wanted to do? Of course, yeah. Um, I my brother played basketball, and I'm I think almost all through high school. Um, my sister played basketball all through high school. Um, we had a court in our backyard. Uh, my dad would always be there trying to help us, give us drills that we could do, and help us as much as he can. He'd always uh, he'd always put pressure on us, especially being like a smaller person and him not really being able to get up to like try to block the shots. He would always push and shove us whenever we were trying to take shots because that's just what's going to happen when you're smaller on the court. And so you got used to it. Yeah. Interesting. Now, you said something I find puzzling. You said that you were not a, uh, how did you put it? Not You didn't say you weren't confident. 
but you didn't like being outdoors because you're oh I'm you um, like being watched yeah I'm like I'm kind of like insecure about the things that I do so help me understand something and maybe help the view the listeners understand something you played basketball you played football through high school yes you played football in grammar school uh, when you were younger yeah you sang on the choir yes for how many years three I believe three. You participated in plays all through grammar school and high school. Yeah. All that being said, how can a person like that be insecure? I, I mean, those are those are two different things. Like, I don't think I could stand up there and do a play. Um, I don't know if I could sing in a choir. Not because I have a bad voice, but, uh, I mean, you're up there in, front, in, in auditoriums and on stages full of hundreds and hundreds of people, days after days, you put on a helmet and, and I don't know how much playing time you got, whether it was a little or a lot, you had to go to practice every day. How does somebody who does all that, how, how can they be insecure? I know, I know it's really weird, but like I'll go to I'll go to skateboard and I'll show up at the skate park. If there's people there, I won't get out of the car. I'll just leave and go somewhere else, and I'll go to a parking lot, and I'll have to sit in the car for five or ten minutes to kind of like psych myself up just to get out of the car and start doing it. Um, but that's skateboarding, and I'm guessing it's something you weren't or aren't as good as as you were being on the quiet, being in the choir, doing the plays, football, or maybe basketball. Yeah, I think it's also the effect of like being alone when I'm skateboarding or when I'm playing basketball in the yard and being on stage with a bunch of people that, you know, I spend hours with. I think it's the difference of being in a group and being alone that probably has the biggest effect on what I'm doing. Well, on my end, I don't know. I, I can't imagine why you're insecure. Um, it, to me, that's counter to everything you've done. So keep battling that because, I mean, I think it's good to be self-aware but keep battling that um, because I, I believe it's worth battling and you've done so much that uh, you should be able to face everything like you did those kids who didn't want you at the big hoop. That's where you, you have to face everything in life, not just as, as a 20-year-old, but as a teenager. And you did that as, as a teenager, a young teenager. So, And now you are fin finished with junior college, correct? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Let me let me ask. Why did you go to junior college? Why didn't you go to a big university like most kids do? Um, well, to start off, I wasn't really given a choice about going to junior college or going to a big school. What, it, do, you mean, what do you mean you weren't given a choice? Well, I just knew like when it was time for everyone to start looking at colleges, I I didn't even bother because I knew like I had to go to a junior college. Um, like ever since I was younger, I was told like you have to go to a junior college. But honestly, I'm really grateful that. I never even had the thought of looking into big schools until later because it saved me a lot of money and it's allowed me to work more to save even more money and to um, buy my own car for the first time. I had a, I had a, I had a really nice car too beforehand that um, my parents had thankfully and luckily passed down to me, but it had started to fall apart a little bit um, a couple years ago. So in the last year I bought um, a 2013 Ford F-150. And that was a really cool experience for me as a young adult to be able to buy my first car. So you weren't given a chance. Did you have negative feelings about not being able to go away? Like, uh, I mean, did, did any of your friends, did most of your friends go away? Did they stay home? What did they do? Um, I, 
I didn't like that I had to go to a junior college because um, everyone was leaving, and I almost felt a little ashamed about going to a junior college um, just because it was just looked down upon for some reason. I don't know why. It's a smart decision. Um, and most of my friends were planning on going away, but then COVID hit, so there was no point in going away. You're spending $50,000 a year to either stay home or stay in your dorm, so every, so most of my friends ended up staying at uh, and going to junior college. How much debt do you have after going to junior college? Um, after going to junior college, I have zero debt. And do your parents have money? Were they going to pay for four years of college? Um, they wouldn't pay for it. They would definitely help me, um, but they were not going to pay for it. But they've been saving money for me um, almost my entire life, I believe. So, so saving money is good. You worked, which is good. Um, and I, I, I understand why you wouldn't like kind of be not having options to go away or stay home. But in the long run, you saw the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. After at least like my first semester or two, I started to realize how um, smart it was to go to a junior college. Awesome. Awesome. Um, it sounds like you have taken some advice from your parents and uh, listened to it and given it time to kind of play out. Uh, do you have any advice for teenagers out there that are in positions of, you know, crossing over into more adulthood, figuring things out um, and whatnot? Um, you know, never stop doing anything that you that you really enjoy because people think that you're bad at it or they're going to make fun of you for doing it. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I learned from playing football was uh, I got made fun of a little bit for playing it. You know, I was short, small, didn't weigh a lot, wasn't strong. And um, I think that was one of the big things that I learned growing up was to just never give up something that you really enjoy. Um, and then when it comes to junior college, I would totally recommend for anyone to go to junior college, even if you have the means to go to a bigger school, um, I would still just recommend it because saving money is the biggest thing you could do heading into your 20s because everyone wants to move out. Everyone wants to get a car. Everyone wants to go on vacations and, and experience the world and do this and that, go to concerts and stuff like that. So the more money that you can save, the better off you will be because debt is the worst thing that you could have, especially going into your 20s. So what about these kids whose parents basically given this un, uh, unlimited credit card to do the things they want to do? You know, I don't think that parents um, paying for basically everything for their kids is the worst thing if they have the means to do it. Um, I think it's how the kids treat it is the bad part about it because there are some kids who you know, their parents could have all the money in the world and they'll be the best kids in the world. Or there's other kids who, you know, their parents will give them everything and they're just, they're like the worst. They're incompetent, they're rude, and they think they're better than everyone because their parents have worked hard to provide for them. I would agree. Uh, money is not an indicator of being good or bad. Um, it's truly what you did do with it. So you went to junior college, you had a full schedule. Is there anything else you did while in junior college? Um, I worked and I helped out with the family. That's about it. So you were able to work. How many hours a week were you working? Um, I was working about 
like probably 32 to 35 hours a week. So you worked 30 something hours a week, took a full schedule at junior college. Did that prohibit you from enjoying the things you enjoy? Um, a little bit, but not really. I mean, most of the things I enjoy, you need like the sun to be out, um, to be doing like disc golfing. You can't really disc golf in the dark. Um, and skateboarding. I mean, I could skateboard in the dark. It's just not the safest option. Um, so it did a little bit, but not too much. I still got to do basically everything that I wanted to do. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for your insights, for your input. I appreciate you being here. Uh, God bless and good luck uh, on your way. What's what's the game plan after junior college? Um, I'm moving out to Arizona to go to Grand Canyon University. Awesome. Great news. You got a big smile on your face about that. I don't I don't blame you. You've earned it, it sounds like. And I'm sure you will do what you need to while you're out there. Thank you for being a guest. We're going to hear a little word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back to talk about um, something something serious out there, uh, uh, several subjects that, uh, you know, have obviously come to light, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so it, I don't want to say it's not going to be inspiring, but, you know, sometimes we have to talk about things uh, that uh, maybe take precedent over being inspiring. Kellyanne Cruz, good luck. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you. Kina. Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best-selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Welcome back, and thank you for being uh, part of All Things Inspirational. Uh, during the break, I couldn't help but think about being a, a father. Uh, and this probably goes for being a parent in general. Uh, being a father, I guess if you look at being a father as having a child or several children, that's the easy thing to do. But being uh, a father to them, uh, the rewarding position of truly a fatherhood is not as easy and is and can be and is a daunting task. That being... You know, whether you have a, a daughter or a son, spending time with your kids and taking time to go to games, taking them to church, the park, getting to know them, uh, whether it be him or her, uh, it is an example truly of fatherhood. Uh, fatherhood means being present uh, emotionally, especially physically in a child's life and making a significant difference, a significant impact in the developmental and behavioral issues children face. And when I say children, I don't, I don't mean just kids. I mean teens, even young adults um, being in their life. I still get parented by my mom and dad who um, are in their 80s. And as my mom would say, I'll always be your mother. And I still get parented at, at my age, which is absolutely awesome. And I'm blessed to have being, you know, the best thing I think for uh, us to understand, too, is that being an example, uh, these young adults, teens, kids see us, they watch us. We may not know that, but, you know, being an example and whether that means getting up and going to church, whether that means washing the dishes, the way you treat your significant other, 
making dinner, taking the kids to school. That is, that is so critical, and I'm blessed to have learned so many lessons and hopefully pass on this wisdom uh, that I have learned mostly probably from my mom and dad and from my grandparents. Uh, that that kind of contact is dwindling out there, unfortunately, but uh, I'm blessed and I haven't finished learning. So we will continue to learn how to be a better man, a better father, better husband, and I recommend that for everybody out there. What I want to talk about next, I mean, it definitely isn't planned, and uh, I'm not sure, I'll be honest, where it's going to go because the event that happened yesterday really should have shaken everybody. Um, you know, what happened in Texas and these poor kids and not just the kids, but the families, the friends, the neighbors of what happened in Texas uh, is such a tragedy. And there, there's nothing that can be said to make it better. Uh, you know, the best I think we could do is keep the families and, and the children and teachers all in our prayers, uh, even, even praying for whoever um, committed this heinous crime, keeping their family uh, in your prayers because there's even such a, a, a sad statement uh, on being the parents or brother or sister of this person who committed the crime. You know, and the worst thing we can see out there, and unfortunately we do, is this becoming a political issue. I uh, hate to see that. It, it is the time to uh, think about helping people who have been affected by this. And you're going to hear the term mental illness. And I can't imagine somebody doing this uh, who isn't or doesn't have some type of mental illness or track record of extreme unusual behavior. Um, there's not been much said about them. I haven't listened to a ton of the news about who committed it, but that would be my guess that they're they're uh, amazingly disturbed. And that being said, you know we all have to be on the watch for you know starting at home for our own uh, and and making sure, as I just talked about fatherhood and parenthood, that we are in the heads, uh, in the souls, and the minds of our kids and have an understanding of what they're doing. I know this may be difficult for some. Uh, it's difficult for all of us. Our lives are torn in so many directions. That, that being said, please keep them in your prayers. I, I hope uh, this doesn't get turned into an issue uh, beyond what it is. Sometimes there are no answers to the whys, unfortunately. I mean, to put a good why on how this happened might actually be impossible to do. Um, we may never find out really the why. Uh, what I hate also to see is this turned into uh, an, a, a political issue where, you know, people are pointing at one part or the other. This isn't a political issue. Um, I will go as far as saying this isn't a gun issue. And I'm not going to talk about the Second Amendment. I'm not going to talk about political parties uh, in particular, but th this is a health care issue, 100%. Uh, 
you know, we, we've seen, unfortunately, things like this happen, whether it be in schools or supermarkets or malls or, or churches or, and, and whatnot, way too often. Once, once is too often. Um, and, and there has got to be a way to help. I don't want to say police it, but the last thing I hate to see is this turn into, as I said, a, a rallying cry for one of the parties to call out people that have owned guns and do their due diligence. Unfortunately, what we've seen is it's easier to police the good people than it is the bad people. And, and unfortunately, we've allowed that as a country. We've allowed this to get out of control. Um, you, you see it across many topics. It's, uh, it's way easier to police the good people. Uh, for instance, my wife has tremendously bad allergies. So she used to take Sudafed. Well, because people were buying Sudafed, some people were, you know, going in buying 30 boxes at a time so they could use it to make other things. Instead of policing them, they police the good person who has to take it for their allergies. And now you've got to go wait in line and show your ID and do whatever you got to do to prove, you know, that you haven't bought 30 boxes of it. So we're policing the good person again, not the bad person again. And, and we seem to be policing the good people instead of dealing with the real problems out there. I mean, and, and again, this topic can go from, from one to the next to the next. You can t- to talk about the Chicago school system. It's not about bad teachers. They don't have their problems because of bad teachers and even bad students. They have their problems because of inept systems, political systems that, that turn into systems that don't serve what they were put in place to serve. And we have let the whole political system get way out of control um, with, without enough checks and balances, with, with, with no clarity, with not being held accountable. And that what we've done is turned the kids loose in a candy factory. And we've allowed them to make their own rules, to play their own games. And I'm sure that this tragedy will be will be a political issue real quick. I'm sure they'll go after the GOP. I'm sure they'll go after the Second Amendment and never address what, what really needs to be addressed here, which is first the, the poor victims, um, the poor victims and their families and all those affected, and, and secondly, mental health, because that would hold them accountable um, for the systems that, that they put in place. It would hold people accountable that should be held accountable and Unfortunately, over the years, we've not done that very well as a uh, as the as a system, and a, as people, we have all allowed that. Um, we have allowed the system to run amok. We've allowed uh, because, and I'm not sure why. Maybe we've gotten too comfortable, and we have too much, and don't have to worry about it. I think part of it is you think you elect people on their promises, and uh, the promises aren't fulfilled, uh, unfortunately. And for those of you out there that don't know or feel like they have any power or what to do, I, I, I would tell you, you know, start start in your own backyard, start, start in your own family and do the best you can with 
making sure that your family, when I say family, I don't just mean kids. I mean, you know, your, your parents, your grandparents, um, then your neighborhood, you know, your neighbors and make sure that we we're all doing what we can to support each other and, and, and bring the best things to light. And then, you know, doing the due diligence, you know, when voting, um, you know, we have to make sure that our elected officials do what they promised to do. And I believe we're at a point where if their rallying cry are these three items and they don't do those three items, maybe we need to put things in place that remove them from office, whether that be a mayor, whether that be a governor, whether that be uh, a senator, whether that be maybe even a president, uh, we, the people, need our power back. It's been taken It's been taken from us. A lot of these positions were held by Johnny Lunchbucket. What do I mean by that? They were held by the everyday man who woke up, grabbed his lunch bucket, worked hard, did the right things, came home, and then served his community in some way, maybe served his state and, and served his country. Unfortunately, now when you look at what it takes to get in these positions, um, it, it is a it, it is a money-driven class system that Johnny Lunchbucket cannot be a part of or can be a small part of. So we have people that don't understand anymore what it's like to be Johnny Lunchbucket and to raise your family and to sacrifice and understand that the cost of gas is crushing the middle class tremendously and not just the middle class, but absolutely crushing the middle class. And if you look at it, that's not that price from where we enjoyed the low $2 a gallon to now over $5 is not an accident. It's not because of the Ukraine. Um, I'm going to say it, you know, you can't sell electric cars when gas is $2, two and a quarter a gallon. Um, you know, th- this is a, th- this is intentional along with many of the other things. Now we're hearing about the, the, bird pox or the whatever is coming up. And I'm sure that they'll utilize that to drive, you know, we got midterm elections. Guess what's going to pop up? You're going to see COVID be an excuse. You're going to see these new pox be an excuse. You know, we've got to take our heads, uh, you know, out of the sand and react to these things. Uh, we, we need, we, we really need to have more control over our elected officials that being said, I, I, I'm done talking about those issues. They're not fun issues. They're, they're, they're not uh, inspiring issues, but it does uh, sometimes things need to be said. I'd rather be talking about motivational issues and inspiring issues. You know, that, that being said, you know, summer's upon us. It's a great time if you haven't set goals for yourself to set good goals for yourself to Get out there and enjoy the weather with your family, with your friends, to do the things that you like to do and enjoy to do. Maybe get away from the house for a couple of days. So that being said, stay inspired, stay motivated, um, you know, get every day, get up every day with gratitude, say your prayers and have a great rest of the week and a fantastic weekend. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Take, take care. Goodbye.
Here is your host, Brian P. Swift.